It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What are some of the things that the Auburn Athletics Department is doing to help set up their student-athletes for success with potential NIL deals. We jump into that on today's Locked on Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We're trying something a little different today. We're reaching out to uh, uh, the TikTok realm as we're joined by Eli Devoskin, who is a, a TikTok star. Oh, you ready to go? Sorry about that. I was listening to my first listen of the day of the war report, but we can get started. <laughs> hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh uh, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. And so yeah, of course I've been following you for, um, for a few months now on TikTok, And I noticed, um, I guess this was a few months ago as well that you put on there that you were kind of spending some time talking to the football team. How did, uh, how did that come to be? Yes. Yeah, so that, that was a funny story. Um, Basically, I was on Instagram a while back and, you know, all the, you know, you follow the players and all the players yeah. uh, post their stories and stuff. So from the student perspective, I'm seeing this and and um, one of the more prominent players, I won't name names, uh, kind of plugged their you, TikTok. You can name names here if you want to. I'd rather not. I don't want to okay. like diss anyone. Got but it. um, but I, I go on there and I'm like, how does this person only have 400 followers on TikTok? And yeah. Like, whatever 20 K or whatever they have on uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so kind of planted a seed in my head. A couple days later, I happened to be at the uh, Texas A&M home game basketball. Right. And um, basically that same game, Harson and uh, Alan green happened to be walking around talking to all the students in the student section. I was courtside. So I, I quickly came up with my pitch. I was like, Hey, I got 800 K on TikTok." Um, if you want help for the student athletes gaining a following and, you know, being more attractive for NIL, like, yeah, let me know. And so kind of got set up from there. Um, I did a presentation. I haven't done the other uh, uh, sports yet. I'd like to. Um, but uh, uh, I did a presentation for some of the football players there. And uh, yeah, it, was, it went re really well. I think they gained a lot of knowledge from it, hopefully. That's interesting. Did did the the players that were there listening? Because you, you mentioned this was after spring, right? Yeah. So it wasn't the full squad. But the folks that were there, I mean, did they seem interested and, and ask questions? And were they engaged as far as growing their social following? Because I mean, that's such a big deal when it comes to NIL right now. Yeah, for the most part, they really were, and uh, and they yeah, it took a lot longer because they were asking lots of really good questions. That's great. So, yeah, that's great. Who, who do you think has the best social media game right now? I like Keandre Jones a lot. He posts a lot of videos of him yeah. just lifting a lot of weight, and it kind of gets me fired up. He's the one I see the most of. He seems to be one of the more active players on the football team. But yeah. from your perspective, I, I'd love your thoughts. Um, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I, I'm, I don't think that many of the football players actually have TikTok accounts right now. Yeah, um, some of them do like Keandre Jones. I think I've seen him, too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's something that I definitely want to get growing if they want to as well. 
Yeah, and there's a few of them that have accounts, but they don't post too much. Like Smoke had one before yeah. he left. I think I think I follow Javarius Johnson, but I don't know if I've ever seen anything that he's posted or b- before. But yeah, um, well, and a lot of these guys are just posting highlights, and that's great. Um, but you know, if you want to like develop a personal brand yeah. for to you know making yourself attractive for companies, like like you want to do a little bit more than that, and that's kind of what I was going into a little bit. Yeah, which is, I mean, how a lot of these you know influencers now, these folks with big social followings. It's like it's great that they get some money from the platform, but a lot of it's about partnering with these brand deals, which is, I think, yeah. what the original intent of NIL was. It's become so much more than that, right? With these yeah. just forming and essentially just being on payroll. But that's what the idea of it was. And then it quickly became something else. Yeah, that's true. And I think that, um, like, from my perspective, I've made probably, you know, a lot more from the brands than I have from the ads. So that's definitely a good point. Um, but, but going back to what you said about, you know, these boosters and all, you know, that's not really what it's intended for. I agree with you. Like, I think, I think uh, you might as well start learning how to do it the right way because eventually rules are going to come into place where, um, where yeah. you have to do it the right way. So you might as well already know how to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I can't wait to see what happens because, you know, what is the right way? Right. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what those rules are going to be. Yeah. Are, are you going to be able to take away all of this from the kids that are already used to it? And it's like my gut says no, Eli. Like, I, I don't think they are going to be able to change this, um, but we'll, ha- we'll have to wait and see. What were some of the things that you told them? Uh, what were some of the things that they were kind of interested in hearing you talk about? You mentioned a lot of questions there. Yeah, so basically I just created a presentation going over how the algorithm actually works mm. um, and how to kind of manipulate your videos in order to impress the algorithm a lot more. One of the biggest, biggest factors, basically the only factor that's really important um, to whether your TikTok will go viral or not is the amount of watch time and more specifically the percentage of people that are watching and finish the whole video. That's very, very important. Um, cause obviously TikTok wants to keep people on the app. Like they don't want people to be bored. So that's the main thing. If I've had videos that have gotten, you know, 40% watch time, watch percentage completion and that have not done well. And I've had videos that get 60% that have 8 million views. So yeah. just to give you an idea of how important that is. Well, and a lot of your earlier videos, correct me if I'm wrong here, were you kind of walking around campus and um, just kind of asking people like funny questions and kind yeah. of roasting them right in front of them kind of thing, right? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed uh, the roasts. Um, however, eventually I felt like it started getting kind of old and I would you know ask the same kind of stuff over and over again. Um, so I'm more focused now on like hopefully helping other people figure out how to learn the algorithm and that sort of thing. Yeah, no, that's great. That's fantastic. All right, coming up, I want to get Eli's thoughts on where the students are with everything, with Brian Harson, with Alan Green, with Bruce Pearl. We'll get Eli's thoughts on that. But first, got to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL and college football futures. Check it all out at Bet Online, where the game starts. 
The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Eli, what's the mood on campus? You coming uh, from you know into this conversation from a, a student's perspective, an engineering student's perspective, what's the general thoughts on the state of the football program right now? Um, I would just say, I would just say like uncertainty, but optimism as well. Okay, so there yeah. is optimism amongst At least the for me. students. Okay, yeah, for sure. Where do you think that optimism comes from? Um, well, I would say, I would say, if you look at most of our losses last year mm. very small uh, margin of error like s- small margin of loss i mean yeah sure so if a couple plays go certain ways we're looking at an eight or nine win season instead which i think is pretty interesting it is interesting and that's kind of one of the biggest um the biggest talking points right like if if bo Nick stays healthy do we hold on you know against mississippi state it's like you can certainly make that argument you got to think we beat South Carolina and then the mm-hmm. way the iron ball, uh, you know, happened, you know, if you have a little bit better of quarterback play, do you win that one? And then all of a sudden it's like, man, there'd be so much energy around this program. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, I think just that iron bowl, if you know, th- that obviously came down to one play cause it was a four overtime game. So I think just that one game, you're com- talking about a completely different uh, outlook. Yeah, there's no question about it. And then, I mean, you, you mentioned you went to some of the some of the basketball games as a student. Yeah, I mean, I imagine the energy on campus around basketball is at an all time high. Oh yeah, for sure. And and there's obviously a lot of uh, a lot of excitement with every everything reloading. So yeah, and not just not just basketball, but like uh, you know everything out there. I women's basketball even had a, a few good upsets this season. I think we beat. Was, do we beat Tennessee? I think that's right. Yeah, Coach Johnny yeah. Harris's first season uh, generated some excitement there. So, and then obviously gymnastics did really well. And totally, yeah. yeah. What about uh, what about baseball? And I know that's something that Butch Thompson has really, really wanted more like student backing and support. And they they launched that Operation Atmosphere where you can kind of go and set up out you know behind center field. There doesn't so, seem to be as much energy around the Auburn baseball program, despite them having a really, really good season so far. No, they're doing great, and uh, and I actually only had the opportunity to go to one of the games just because I was busy towards the end of the semester a lot. Yeah, sure, and um, and that the one game I went to was the third Alabama Auburn Alabama game where it got rained out and canceled. So I was like, wow, that's anticlimactic. We we were we were bases loaded, tied right. game, and then nope. <laughs> Which, if that game would have gone on, and they would have oh, let us definitely. play we would have gotten a buy in the SEC tournament. And so that, you know, first yeah. round early exit loss to Kentucky wouldn't have happened. So like, that's just such a, such yeah. a big deal. And it's gotta be against stinking Bama. Like, are you kidding me? Of all, of, of all teams that that happens against it's Bama. Well, I don't know if this is true, but I, at the game, I heard people saying, Oh, they were doing a rain. The Alabama team was doing a rain dance earlier. And of course it rained and they were, they were afraid they wanted it to get rained out because they knew they didn't have a chance. What do you believe in rain dances? Do you think that was what caused it? No, I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> it is funny. It is funny. Um, one thing I want to get your thoughts on Eli. Um, and just because I think it's such a fun conversation to have the, the scheduling 
Yeah. Right. I mean, with, with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC, there's so much speculation and a lot of people kind of guessing all the potential things that could happen in regards to how the schedule is formed over the next few seasons. A lot mm-hmm. of people are kind of in the, the pod camp where there's four different essentially divisions, but for some reason we call them pods in this conversation. I don't know why. Um, then there's the, you have three protected opponents and then you rotate five or six, depending if they want to add an extra game or not, or another popular one is you have one protected opponent and then you add seven and the seven rotate. What are your thoughts on, um, on what do you think they'll do and what do you think they should do? What, what I think they'll do, I think they'll either do the pods or they'll probably do that seven thing and rotate. Yeah. Um, what I think is best for the sec. I have no idea. I'm not like, an expert, but I think it'd be really cool. Um, if you had, first of all, first of all, I think pods is a cool idea, right? Cause, um, you have the same, I guess, three teams you play every year. Right. Um, but that, that does make things difficult, right? Because if you have two, um, rivals like Auburn does where it's like Alabama and Georgia, you're going to want to play every year. That's a tough pod to be in. Um, and then what, like, do you add Vanderbilt, but at the same time, like poor Vanderbilt's, they're going to, they're going to have to play Alabama Georgia and Auburn every year. You think about it like that. Right. It's like, how is this going to work? So I don't know. Um, but I think it would be cool to see the pods. Yeah. I also think they could do it something similar to like just a division wide thing, except ch- like change the division every year, if that makes sense. So this is just kind of like something I thought of. I don't know if it mathematically works out. I haven't like, you know, put it down on sure. paper. Right. But um, but theoretically, you could have your two or three or however many you want, um, you know, what do you call them? Every year kind of games. And then you yeah, have the, the and, then, and then you divide it into two. And if you mix and match, like it's whatever. So I don't I don't know. Um, I haven't really put that much thought into that. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun regardless of what they do. I, I mean, I, I think it's a win-win-win situation if it, regardless of which one they pick. As long as they go away from divisions, I think everyone will be happy. And it seems like that's no longer even an option because yeah. Sankey, wants, Sankey wants folks to play everybody more often. And I think the only way to do that is to get rid of divisions altogether, if he actually means that. Yeah. Um, if they stick with divisions... I would assume Auburn and Alabama would just go to the East and Texas and Oklahoma would go to the West. That's probably the easiest thing to do, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. So, yeah, I think there's a lot more balance that way too. Um, just mm-hmm. because you know, the West has always been so heavy the past couple of years. I think if you move Auburn and Alabama to the East, it's like, okay, now you have Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama. And I mean, now you have, uh, I mean, Kentucky kind of coming up there, rising up. And then obviously you have the traditional West minus Auburn and Alabama plus, you know, the new, the new uh, uh, teams. So I think that could work. Yeah, no, I, I, I do too. I do too. Um, as far as uh, other things happening on Auburn's campus right now, I mean, is there any excitement about the the new president or is that just one of those things where like, we, we had a president change when I was there. Um, yeah. Leith was hired when I was there and it, it didn't really impact your life a whole lot, but I guess folks that are outside of Auburn looking in, it's like, oh, that's a big deal. What's going on there? But, I mean, you probably can't tell much of a difference as far as day-to-day stuff, right? Well, not day-to-day, but I can tell you that uh, the new president um, was actually – I think he was 
the, either the dean or wh okay, whatever you call it of engineering. Yeah, right. The president of the College of Engineering, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he did a great job, like, you know, growing the program. It's risen in prominence since I've been here. And um, so I'm sure he'll do a, a good job as president. In fact, I was walking, I'm taking summer classes this uh, semester, and I was walking from Parker uh, down to Haley, and I saw a little sign in front of the student center that said president meet and greet. And I was like, okay. And I went in there and uh, met the president and, uh, and you know, it seems like a, a nice down to earth yeah. guy and, and uh, they had food and everything. So that was a, a cool experience. Sure. From a student perspective. Yeah. And I mean, I just know the engineering department, like the, the new building that I assume a lot of your classes is the super, super nice one. It's like the oh, nicest man, building so cool. on campus. Yeah. That yeah. got finished while I was there. And I'm like, I was a liberal arts guy. So, you know, it's like, whatever, I, I'll never going to go in there. But I mean, yeah. that's a big deal, obviously. And I assume if folks are wanting to study engineering, um, Auburn moves to the top of their list because of that. So, oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, there are there are a lot of uh, people that want to put themselves through hell with an Auburn engineering degree. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my fraternity, like I think like sixty percent of them were um, engineer engineering yeah. majors, and they were just like, "Dang, that's." Just Last I heard, like twenty or twenty five percent of Auburn was engineering. Makes sense. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Um, so when you're walking around campus, how often do people come up to you and you're like, "Oh, you're the TikTok guy"? How often does that happen? Uh, it's pretty sporadic and random. I would say when I'm going through a phase where I have a lot of views, it happens more often. Um, it can be once a day. It can be not at all in a day. Uh -huh. And then I had one time where I was uh, downtown at, you know, on a weekend and it was 18 times in one bar. So nice. <laughs> it just, nice. It, it ranges. Do people buy you drinks when they recognize you? Here and there. Yeah. Wow. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, how can folks find all of the content that you're putting out, Eli? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Eli DeVoskin or on TikTok at Eli DeVoskin. Um, and if you're a student athlete that's watching and wants help with, uh, with you know, growing your account, uh, reach out to me over Instagram because that's the best way to contact me. Yeah, fantastic. I want to jump into some of the announcements, some of the official times that we have for the first three games for the Auburn football season and my thoughts on them in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. So we found out earlier in the week that the Tigers would be taking on Penn State. I shared my thoughts with John Garcia earlier in the week. This should have been a night game. It is not. It is a 2.30 CBS game which is the quote-unquote biggest game, so that, that that's nice, but then, of course, that'll be the all-Auburn, all-orange game. Auburn didn't get a night game there, but they did get two night games before that. So in the season opener, September 3rd against Mercer, the Tigers will be kicking off at Jordan-Hare Stadium at 6 o'clock Central Time, and that game will be a whiteout. Auburn is asking fans to wear white. But that game will be on ESPN Plus and the SEC Network Plus. 
There'll probably be some energy because it's the season opener, but a lot of you will not be able to watch that unless you have that ESPN Plus package. And a lot of people have canceled that. It'll be interesting to see if they re-up that closer to time. So there you go. Mercer, 6 p.m. Central Time, ESPN+. Plus. The following week, September 10th, this is the Hometown Heroes and the First Responders Appreciation Day game. It's the day before 9-11. Makes a ton of sense. Auburn did some cool stuff with that last year. I'm sure they'll do the same this year. But taking on San Jose State at 6.30 Central Time, so another night game, which is exciting. And that'll be on ESPNU. So not huge for the brand as far as prime, you know, televised games. I don't think we were really expecting that. But the biggest takeaway from this is similar to what our conversation with John Garcia earlier in the week talked about, which was when you have these night games and high school players that you were recruiting play the Friday night before, Sometimes it takes uh, a little bit longer based on where the recruit is to come visit. And so I think these two night games early in the season, especially for unofficial visits, but even official visits, it's going to allow the coaching staff to be able to court and have uh, an electric environment as far as recruiting goes and get guys on campus as far as traveling. That's the best news. The the worst news of all of this is how – I think the ESPNU thing is frustrating. Like it's on TV, but not everybody gets ESPNU. Um, and then just, you know, it being on ESPN plus for the season opener. I, I, I can just tell that in the past when that's happened, there's been some frustrated fans that that kind of sneaks up on. Um, I, I don't love that. So looking ahead, the week four game, Missouri, of course, that was Auburn's homecoming, then LSU, and they're going to do the whole strike the stadium thing for LSU. But, Curious to see when those will be. I think with homecoming, Auburn would probably like to have that a little bit earlier. Um, but LSU, gosh, I'm really hoping that's the night game at Jordan-Hare Stadium this year. I think that's going to be the game where Auburn tries to get as many recruits as possible in. I think Auburn's going to have a good chance to win that game against the LSU Tigers. We'll see. We'll see. But um that's where we're at. We know the first three weeks as far as uh, kickoff times for the Tigers, and that's a lot of fun. So, uh, Thanks for Eli for hopping on the show today. Really, really appreciate his time. Be sure to check out his content on the TikTok if you're into that sort of thing. You can follow us wherever. Just search Locked on Auburn or follow me wherever. Just search at Z Blackerby. We'll be back on Monday to recap this busy weekend. I don't know why I said it's busy. It's not busy at all. We'll we'll recap the weekend on Monday. See you then. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.